Welcome to Highlands Church Audio Sermons. Today, July 10th, 2022, we begin a new four-part series titled Share. Today's sermon, Why Share the Gospel, will be taught to us by Pastor Brendan Anderson. Enjoy. As a recovering people pleaser, I've always been afraid to share my faith because I was afraid people would throw me in the loony bin of Jesus freak or fundamentalist Christian. Um, and we didn't do that in my family. But I, uh, during 2020, I lost my job due to COVID. And um, I ended up driving medical transport for almost a year. I was picking up people who were going to rehab and drug clinics and methadone clinics and people that were really hurting. And I told my wife, I think that God's doing something in me and God's gonna do something. I just see this great opportunity. So I asked people, everybody in my car, I asked them, can I pray for you? And not one person said, no, you can't pray for me. One day I, I, I stopped at this um, drug rehab and um, I picked up this young man and I'll, I'll call him Jay. I was playing Christian music um, in the background and just praying for him. And, I started driving down the road and he said, are, are you a Christian? And I said, yeah, I'm a Christian. And he said, I want to be a Christian. And I said, do you want to be a Christian today? And he said, yeah, I want to be a Christian. And um, I shared the gospel message with him and I asked him if he had ever heard the gospel message and he said, no. He became a Christian that day and I'm changed forever. And we learned in Romans that, that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. And I'm no longer afraid to share my faith with, with people. We are excited. We're excited for this brief four-week sermon mini-series we're calling Share. And really... Uh, it's really a spin-off series. Remember TV spin-offs when they would do spin-offs? They had one really successful TV show and then they grabbed a character and tried to cash in on it by spinning off another TV show and usually it was nowhere near as good. That's a bad example of this series, but you know what a spin-off is? We're spinning off because let me rewind. Three weeks ago, we were in Romans chapter 10. Pastor Bob was teaching and we learned this in Romans 10 verse 14. Up on the screen, he said, how then... Will they call on him, that's Jesus, how will they call on Jesus in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. So the gospel of Jesus Christ, we've been learning in our series in Romans, it's the single most significant truth, significant reality and story of all time. And we've also learned that God then entrusted us, he entrusted it to us to share. That is incredible, it's mind-blowing. So we don't wanna gloss over this as a church. Why is it so important to share the gospel story? And if it is so important, then how do we do it? What does that look like? How do we do that? And for some of you listening this morning, you're probably all good to go. You're like, yes. Let's do this. You're extroverted, you're genuine, you're loving, you are ready to go. These are the people, you know them. When you're in a restaurant, before the server even takes your drink order, they're like, hey, how are you doing? How, how is it going? Do you have a church that you attend? Right? They're just right out there. And if that's you, I personally know several of you like that right here in the church. 
Um, and I have to tell you, I'm in awe of that ability to share your faith just sort of at the drop of a hat. Because church family, I got to admit, I'm, I'm not really wired that way. I'm not wired as an extrovert. I'm, I'm an introvert. And I know that sounds crazy because I'm up here talking to a few hundred people, but that's just the thing. I'm not talking to you or you. I'm talking to all of you. There's a big difference. There's a difference. And by God's grace and his work shaping me as a person over the last five years especially, I've really grown in that area. But God has taken me out of my comfort zone during that time. But if any of you here at Highlands have had an interaction with me just in passing before or after a service and you thought, well, that was strangely awkward. What's up with him? That's just me. (laughs) I'm working on it. I know. It's, It's Sorry. Yeah. Because here's the deal, a a series about sharing the gospel with people immediately brings me a little bit of anxiety, and I'm willing to bet I'm not alone. Let's let's check this out. Where are my introverts at? Show of hands. That's a trick question. No true introvert would raise their hand in a room this size because they'd be worried that they would be acknowledged in some way, all right? I mean, for an extroverted Christian, at least for me as an introvert, I look out at the extroverts and I think sharing the gospel probably looks a little bit like this step process, right? Uh, Step one, meet someone new randomly, wherever you happen to be, right? Step two, happily talk to them like you've known them for years. Within five minutes, step three, within five minutes, ask them authentically personal questions. And then step four, listen intently to their answers and share how the gospel of Jesus Christ brings hope to any situation. Maybe even share your own personal story of faith. Beautiful, isn't it? So simple. For an introvert, for an introvert, the strategy, at least for me, uh, sharing my faith has looked a little bit more like this step process. (laughs) Step one, meet someone new through a mutually forced activity. This might be taking out the garbage or going to a kid's sports practice, something where you're forced to be there, right? Step two, carefully talk to them uh, using small amounts of safe, impersonal questions. Uh, Any trips planned this summer? How long have you lived in Arizona? Do you like stuff? (laughs) I don't know. This part is really hard for an introvert. Uh, Then step three, this is important. After each encounter, you're going to replay that full conversation in your head over and over, fixating on how awkward it felt every single time. Step four, you're going to carefully analyze for any clues that might indicate a smooth transition into a faith conversation. Side note, step four, this might take anywhere from two weeks to 17 years. And then, of course, step five, chicken out and ask them about their favorite food instead. (laughs) I mean, introverts, let me encourage you. uh, God wired us the way that we are for a reason, all right? The world is full of introverts like you and me who need to hear the gospel message. And I guarantee you, they're going to be reached more effectively by a fellow introvert than they will by an extrovert. Why do I know that? Because I'm afraid of extroverts, and you probably are too, all right? We need each other. We need each other. The truth is, being introverted or reserved or shy, it's not an excuse not to share. It just means that the ways that we share the gospel are going to look different than the way an extrovert does, and that's great. By the way, extroverts, you're not off the hook. Some of you can talk to anyone, anywhere, about absolutely anything. It is an amazing gift. So my question to you is, how often is Jesus the thing that you're talking about? How often? Right, because church, we've been given the most important assignment in the history of assignments. It's simply laid out. Jesus says it this way in Mark 16, 15 on the screen. He says, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Pretty clear assignment, right? 
You know, before I moved uh, to Arizona, I lived one year in Los Angeles. It was all I could take. Um, but when I lived there, I was pursuing my dream of being a Hollywood film composer. So I was in Hollywood, I was taking some classes, I was meeting people, things were going pretty well. I had a friend who worked for a pretty famous composer, and they got really busy on a new big movie project. And one night they had a project that just needed to get done, their whole team was busy. And so that composer called me. He called me, this famous Hollywood composer called me, he said, hey, can you do this project? It was just a little, take this handwritten thing and put it in the synthesizer, nothing fancy about it. But he called me, and so I dropped everything. I had work, I had class, didn't matter. I stayed up all night, I worked on it. Every note, every dot, every dynamic, every articulation had to be just perfect, and then I happily turned it in. I was so proud, so excited. What's the point? Well, when someone you look up to, or someone you love or respect gives you an assignment, and you drop everything to do it. So is that how we feel about the assignment that Jesus gave us? And I want to also be clear in this series, we're not saying that every Christian needs to quit their job and sell their house and travel to the remote jungles of Peru to go find some ancient tribe to share the gospel. I mean, God might be calling you to that, and if you really feel that he is, then grab some bug spray and get going. But for most of us, most of us is going to be right here. This isn't a task-based assignment like finishing college or building a boat. This is a lifelong change of perspective is what we're going to learn today. This assignment is, is something that you can do in, at the job you already have, in the neighborhood where you already live, with the friends that you already know. So today we're going to do just a little Bible study to study the answer to the question, why do we need to share the gospel? Why do we need to share the gospel? If you have a Bible, you can grab one in the seat backs in front of you, you can pull it up on the app. Um, open up to Acts chapter 1. That's in the New Testament, fifth book of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts chapter one is where we're going to start. Because we're going to look at some good reasons we need to share. And the first reason is because Jesus said so. Because Jesus said so. As you're turning there, let's look on the screen at Matthew 28. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And I love that last part. This isn't uh, like one of those tests where it's like, no, no, close book, everything away. It's just you and that paper on the table, right? This is, he's with you. You're not on your own. He is with you. Jesus gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit, the helper to help us do this. And that means it's not all on us, not at all. And we're gonna learn that in this series as well. Our responsibility is to be faithful to share. He didn't say go make Christians or go save people's souls. We can't do that. Only God can do that. Our call is to open our mouths and tell the story. The Holy Spirit steps in as you do that, and he does the rest. So now we're going to look at Acts chapter 1. The book of Acts picks up soon after Jesus rose from the dead. He spent 40 more days with his disciples uh, on earth, teaching them a little bit more. And then this is the scene in Acts chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse number 6. Acts 1 verse 6, and he says... So when they, this is Jesus and the disciples, so when they had come together, they asked him, the disciples asked, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? So these guys are real excited. They're like, all right, you rose from the dead. This is the time. You're going to take over everything, right? This is the time, Jesus. But Jesus says, no, 
No, in verse seven, he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. All right, so there it is. That's the assignment. Jesus is gonna come back, wait for his return, and in the meantime, be a witness to the world about all the things that Jesus has said and done, who he is and what he's done. Let's keep going. Verse nine. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. All right, so basically, all of a sudden, there are like two angels standing next to the disciples. And the angels are like, guys, What are you waiting around for? Let's get going. Jesus is coming back. Let's go. And so then what did the disciples do? Did they say, well, that was a good couple of years with Jesus. Back to the grind. Hope the other fishermen can uh, tell something's different about me so that they figure out how to ask me about Jesus. No, no, that's not what they did. They soon received the Holy Spirit. Then Peter goes out. He opens his mouth, starts telling people the church is born. It's an incredible thing. And now you might also say, you might say, well, yeah, sharing the gospel, I mean, that's really the work for a pastor, right? That's, that's ministers, pastors' work. But let me give you a pop quiz of what we just read, church. How many pastors did Jesus give this assignment to? Zero. Zero. He gave it to a few fishermen. Some of them were small business owners. He gave it to a tax collector, a politician, a few other guys, not professional religious people. Or maybe you've heard this excuse. Uh, you might hear someone say, well, I follow St. Francis Assisi's instruction who said, preach the gospel and only use words if you have to. Have you heard that one? As an introvert, I really loved that quote, right? And I do, yes, we like the idea that our faith should be noticeable in how we live our lives, 100%. But Jesus definitely said, use words, right? He said, tell people, tell people. And there's another problem with that quote. St. Francis actually never said it. Boom, fact check. Check the internet. We need to listen to the word of God and not memes on the internet that we find. All right, don't be led astray. Open your mouth, share the gospel. And believe me, I'm preaching to myself this morning in a huge way. We need to move from making excuses to asking the Holy Spirit to help us do this. Because the assignment's not optional. It's not for extra credit. Jesus actually uh, makes this startling statement in Luke 12. Up on the screen, he says, and I tell you, everyone who acknowledges me before men, the son of man also will acknowledge before the angels of God. But the one who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. And that sounds pretty serious. And I think a lot of us live in sort of a middle ground, right? Maybe we're not super public with our faith, but if somebody asks us, hey, do you believe in Jesus? Yeah, I I certainly do. You might even tell them about it. But what about the moments in our world where believing in Jesus, being a Christian, makes us look different? than the rest of the world. The rest of the world's going this way. Scripture goes this way. Do we acknowledge Jesus then, right? Jesus is saying in those moments, I'm with you. I am for you. Don't be afraid. Tell the world about me. Because reason number two, it's good for you. It's good for you. I'm gonna be honest again. Uh, I haven't ever really liked eating vegetables. Didn't as a kid, still don't really. But I do it. Why? Because it's good for me. I know now that that's a way to be a good manager of this body that I have been given. So I do. And you know what? Don't tell anyone, but there are some vegetables now that I actually like. Right? I didn't before. Now I do. Something happened. 
And some, that can go with our faith, too. We're saved. We're saved in an instant, right? God gives us the gift of grace through faith in Jesus, and we have eternal life. We're saved, right? But it's also the time when a process begins inside of us through the power of the Holy Spirit, the process of being molded and shaped into the image of Jesus. The big Christian word for that is sanctification, Sanctification, being shaped into the image of Jesus. Paul says it this way when he wrote to his friends at the church in Philippi on the screen, Philippians 1, verse 6. He says, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It's right for me to feel this way about you because I hold you in my heart for you all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. He's saying, we're all in this together. We're all working on this together and we're all not finished yet, right? We're not perfected yet. We won't be until we get to heaven or until Jesus comes back first. But God is working in us and sharing our faith is a way that God builds us up and grows our faith. Or maybe you've been a Christian a long time and you've ever felt stuck or just on a plateau in your faith. I would encourage you, have a conversation about Jesus with somebody who doesn't know Jesus. It can build your faith. In fact, um, we met Mark. Uh, Mark is part of our Highlands family right here in that opening video, but he said a little bit more that I wanted to share with you on this. Can we put him back up on the screen? I think that we get comfortable in our Christian bubble sometimes, and I know that, that I was, and I have the small group, and I have a good church group, and I have Christian family, and um, I feel like sometimes God has to disrupt some of that and make you uncomfortable but I realized that you have to get uncomfortable in order to practice sharing your faith I would tell people hey I love to pray can I pray for your son and people would say please will you pray for my son or will you pray for my wife or pray for me and that became sort of my thing and I just became easy and in fact I felt like I felt this joy when I was sharing my faith with people, and it just became easier the more that I did that. Did you catch that? When we first met him in the opening, he said, I didn't share my face, I was uncomfortable, I was nervous about it. And now what did he say? Joy. What happened? What happened? He was sharing his faith with others. It built up his faith. He's experiencing the joy the joy that comes with telling others the good news about Jesus. So we need to do that. Reason number three, because that's God's plan. That's God's plan. We just studied it a couple weeks ago in Romans 10, but also uh, Jesus himself prayed about this plan. The Gospel of John records this amazing prayer that Jesus prays directly to the Father uh, right before he goes to the cross. It's in John chapter 17. I'm gonna jump to verse eight up on the screen. Jesus prays, for I have given them, this is the disciples, I have given them the words that you gave me and they have received them and have come to know in truth that I came from you and they have believed that you sent me. Now watch this, verse 20, he says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That's you, Christian, that's you. The disciples told others about Jesus, who told others, who told others for centuries, and somebody told you. And Jesus is praying that you would continue that assignment. The Apostle Paul wrote to his friend Timothy, who was a guy he was discipling, encouraging in the early church. In 2 Timothy 2, Paul said, hey, you then, Timothy, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. 
He's saying, pass it on. That's the plan. There is no plan B, right? God wants to use you in his mission to save the world. And he needs to save it because of reason number four that we need to share. And that is because people are lost. People are lost. The stats are in, right? Rates of anxiety, depression, loneliness, they're higher than they've ever been. Rates of substance abuse are up. These are the things that we use to try and numb that particular pain or escape. But guess what's going down? Belief in God. Now, admittedly, statistically, belief in God is actually pretty high still in our country anyway. But if you actually probe a little deeper into that statistic, America's belief in the gospel, that Jesus is who he said he was and is the one who saves us by grace, that belief is significantly lower. Guess what else is down? Church attendance, right? It's lower than ever in the U.S. Now, does just attending church result in this deep faith that insulates us from that roller coaster of anxiety? No, not necessarily. But lots of studies have shown that regular church attendance is another leading indicator of a person's ability to cope uh, with anxiety or stress or find support when life just gets hard. We are designed for that kind of community centered in Christ. And it can be easy for me or for you to point a finger and be like, well, yeah, those people need to get back to church. But then I had to ask myself, when was the last time I invited somebody to church? When was the last time you invited someone to church? Some of you do all the time. I meet these people. It's awesome. Invite someone to church. They're going to hear some really good news. So anyway, this, inver- this inverse relationship, right, this, this fall of belief in the gospel and this rise of anxiety, that's not a coincidence. Again, the book of Romans describes this perfectly. We studied it all the way back in Romans chapter one. Paul said this in verse 22. He said, claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. We live in a culture that worships self. We call it other things, things that sound better. We call it being my true self or we call it living my truth, right? We make our wants and our desires something that are to be indulged and satisfied as if that's the ultimate goal, right? It's what the heart wants but we know that that's not the ultimate goal. In fact, in 2 Timothy 4, Paul writes to Timothy again. He says, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. And I love the the use of the word myth there. The world wants to sell us on a myth that we can find fulfillment in ourselves if we'd only just work a little harder on the things that we want, right? But as many of us have found, if we go down that road, the last thing we find is fulfillment. In fact, that's why we sing that song today. I searched the world, but it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise and treasures that fade, they're never enough. Church, that's what we've been delivered from by the grace of Jesus Christ. So as Jesus' followers, what does Paul say we need to do? Back to verse five of 2 Timothy 4. He says, as for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. All right, so if people are lost and the world won't satisfy, that brings us to reason number five we need to share, and that is because the gospel is the best answer to every important question. And we argued in the preaching meeting a little bit about best should actually be only, and I agree with that, but the world believes that there are multiple answers to all these questions of life. 
And so I wanted to say best, but it's actually the only. And not the question of like, who's gonna win the Super Bowl or what should my stock portfolio look like, right? These are questions like, how did all this stuff, the earth, the universe, how did this all get here? Why am I here? What am I supposed to do with my life? Where should I work? Who should I marry? Why is there so much suffering in this world? What went wrong? What happens when I die? And maybe the people around you haven't sincerely asked those questions yet, but I promise you every single person is gonna eventually come to a point where they're face-to-face with these massive questions of life, and only the gospel story provides the answers that are satisfying and true. Uh, We covered this in uh, discussion in a series we called Biblical Worldview. It was last year in January. We worked to answer all those questions. You can go and check that out on our website for a refresher. You can also find answers to those questions through some resources we have on Right Now Media, which has access to this huge video library of Bible teaching to answer these questions. Details are out at Info Central. But I, I like to think of it this way when we're talking about questions the world has. Here in the Highlands office, I'm the phone charger guy. You probably have one of these people in your life, right? The guy that if your phone is running low or you need to plug this device into this device or something, uh, they're the ones who has the right cord, the right charger, the right dongle, the right whatever it is to be able to plug one thing into another. And I love being that guy. I love having the opportunity to help people out that way. I didn't invent the phone charger. I don't wind these cords together by myself in my office. It's just something that I received and I'm happy to share that with other people. And honestly, what would it say about me if I had the phone charger, but I hid it away in my bag in my office? I'm like, I don't have that. Nope. Nope. Because the truth is our world is running on empty, right? It's the battery indicator is going from yellow to red. The lives of the people around us, our friends, our neighbors, they all hit a point where they feel empty or a little lost. Maybe they lost somebody or a relationship fell apart. Maybe they can't find the job they want. They didn't get into the school that they wanted. And it leaves them asking, what's going on with my life? And then they come to you because you're their friend or you're their family. And they tell you about it. They're looking for answers. And you, Christian, have the best answer. In this Share series, we're gonna talk about how we can recognize those moments, how we can bring the gospel on those conversations. And we need to share it because of our last reason for today, and it's because it's the most loving thing you can do. It's the most loving thing you can do. When we think about loving your neighbor, it's in our mission statement, by the way, up on the walls. Love God, love people. All right, so what does that look like? How do we tangibly do that? And I think a couple of things that Jesus said will help us get the right perspective of where we're going. Let's look at what Jesus said. Uh, John chapter six, verse 27, up on the screen. Context here, Jesus had just fed over 5,000 people miraculously with just a tiny little bit of food. And so now the word is out. People are like, wow, this guy is healing people from disease. He's passing out free food. We gotta go see this guy, right? And Jesus looks out on all these people with their motivations and he says this. He says, do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. What's the point? Man looks for material gain, right? Sometimes we think that we're loving our friends and neighbors and family by kind of entering into their pursuit of all the good stuff, all the good life, right? But how much might we actually be helping them miss the bigger picture, right? Because none of the good life, the good stuff here, none of that compares with eternity with God forever. And don't misunderstand, the Bible calls us to walk with people, to rejoice with those who rejoice, to weep with those who weep, to do life with people, but... In that process, 
inevitably there's gonna come a moment, an opportunity to speak truth, gently, gracefully, with respect. Gospel truth, truth about sin and how Jesus came to set us free from it and give us the power to turn away from sin and not to keep living in it. And that can be a hard message to hear, especially hard for those whose very identity might be rooted in sin. They might reject the message. They might reject you. If that happens, you'll be in good company. The Bible records people rejecting the apostles. Stephen, Paul, Peter, John, even Jesus himself got rejected more than once. And by the way, Christian, if they do reject you, please make sure that they're rejecting you because of the truth of the gospel and not because you clobbered them with harshness or disrespect, right? The gospel is a message of God's love. It doesn't help if we wrap it in disrespect or anger. We're not excusing sin, but man, we're not called to harshness, right? That can't be our method. But look, even the most gentle appeals to the gospel can be met with rejection. People might think you're weird, You might get treated differently by the people around you. Jesus knows. He knows. He's calling you to play the long game, to have an eternal perspective. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus told his disciples, starting in verse 24, he said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world but forfeits his soul? Right? If we're living our lives first and foremost for the pleasure of the people around us, we've, we've mixed up our priorities. Sometimes we're going to have to choose if we're going to do what God asks of us or if we're going to please the people around us because sometimes those things can come into conflict. What good will it do if we spend our our lives helping the people around us live the good life here, right? Fix up the backyard, install that new TV, earn that trip to Hawaii, but we never help them understand the truth about what happens when all those things are long gone. And again, don't misunderstand. Those things I just listed, trips to Hawaii, those are good things, right? They're not bad things. It's great to serve others and help them improve their lives. All I'm saying is that as you do that, don't leave out the best part, right? The best part, Jesus, eternal life, eternity with God forever, right? This life is short. Eternity is what matters, and God is letting us participate in his plan to change people's eternities. And this eternal perspective, it might be even more important about people or groups that we might see as our enemies, Church, Jesus didn't see people as his enemies, right? Matthew 9.36 has become a really favorite passage over the last couple of years especially. And understanding that Matthew chapter 9, people coming out to see Jesus again are a wild mix of motivations. Some want healing, some are just looky-loos, some are trying to trap him, some are trying to get him in trouble. And Jesus looks at all this in Matthew 9 and says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd compassion. So honest question, when you're reading the news, watching the news, you're on social media, and you encounter someone who's going on some rant that is completely the opposite of the biblical values that you hold on to, is your first instinct compassion? Or is it to argue and want to fight? Because one of those instincts is based in love, and one of those instincts is based in fear. Right? Church, we have an enemy. We do have an enemy, but it's not people. 
We're gonna talk about that next week in this series. But here's the thing, you can't argue someone into the kingdom of God, right? Our world has trained us to spend so much time and energy being shocked and offended when we encounter people uh, doing things or thinking things that are different than what we believe people should do or think, right? But don't get lost in the weeds, those are symptoms. Those are symptoms. We need a longer view, a wider view, a Jesus-eyed view. So put that energy into sharing the gospel instead. You know, be like Mark from our opening video. I love what he said. The kid gets into the car, this kid who's been strung out on meth, he gets into the car, and Mark didn't turn around and say, oh, I can't believe you would do drugs like that. What were you thinking? No, he said, how are you? Can I pray for you? Have you heard the gospel story? That's compassion. Church, the people in your life who don't know Jesus, they are harassed and helpless. Whether they know it or not, whether they feel it right now or not, they are sheep without a shepherd. They're trying to make it through life on their own, doing the best they can, whatever feels good or right at the time. And church, such were all of us. Amen? Amen. But God sent someone into your life to speak the good news. Someone told you that God loved you even in your brokenness, that he sent his son to die for you, that you could be set free from sin that's weighing you down, set free from the sin that's killing you. And then God gave you the gift of faith to believe, and by believing you received the gift of grace through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, our Lord, has given us an assignment. Not just pastors, not just traveling missionaries, every single Christian. So how are you treating the assignment? That's pretty convicting as a question for me. Have I taken it on that same way that I dropped everything that night in Hollywood to work on the big fancy movie? I'm not so sure, but I want to. I want to, and I need the Holy Spirit's help. Lots of help. And I think you would probably say you do too. And at this point, you're probably saying, yeah, okay, I want to share my faith, absolutely, but... I don't know enough about Christianity or the Bible. I don't know what to say. I'm just so busy. I don't have enough opportunities. I'm, I'm not a good enough Christian. I'm a hypocrite. They'll see right through me. Or it's disrespectful these days to try and convince someone of another belief. You can't do that. Or I've tried to share, but it doesn't work. Or people will think I'm weird. I'll lose friends. Or if you're from another religious background in your family, man, you might get disowned. Or how about this one? The Big C Church in America? Not doing so well, scandals, preachers, prosperity guys just after people's money, right? People, public moral failings in the church. I don't, I don't wanna be associated with that. We're gonna talk about all those things. Next week, we're gonna talk about why it's so hard to share sometimes. We'll learn that there's an internal struggle that we go through, and there's also an external one as spiritual forces work against us in this mission and how we can overcome both of those through God's power. Then the next week, we're gonna talk about the power of your personal testimony, the story of what God's done in your life. That can be a powerful tool to share the gospel. And then the final week, we're gonna talk about strategy, nuts and bolts. How do we recognize the opportunities God gives us to share? And and how do we create conversations that lead to those open doors to tell people about Jesus? And then, what do we say? Like, what do we actually say? So I'm gonna get the worship team out here because we're gonna sing a song about this as well. But to get ready for the rest of this series, we have two things that we'd like you to do. Our last scripture for today, Matthew chapter nine, Jesus says to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, 
but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into this harvest. So the first thing we want you to do this week is just pray. Pray. I know you have a heart for the people that are around you, especially the ones that you love, your friends and family, but do you have a heart for their eternity? Pray that God would give you a heart for their eternity, for their salvation. Again, not work you can do, but be faithful to share. So pray that God would bring those people to mind and give you that burden. Pray that he would give you that burden for the people that you see that you feel are against you. Same thing, right? They need to hear the gospel. And then the second thing we want you to do this week is practice speaking the gospel out loud with words, all right? Put the gospel in your own words. The apostles in the New Testament, they never shared the gospel the same way twice. They put it in their same words. They contextualize it for the people around them. Do that. Uh, If you need help, we have some resources today out at Info Central. We actually have them every single week, so you're free to get them, but one of them is a little card called The Romans Road, and it just walks through the gospel story, all with verses from the book of Romans that we've been studying over the last few months. So you can grab one of these cards, it's business card size, keep it with you, and I love that each one of these verses is then a jumping off point to share something personal uh, as you share the gospel story. That's a great one. We also have this tiny little book called Four Things God Wants You to Know. Again, it just walks through the gospel story with verses. Just four things. It takes about a minute to get through. Every step of the way, you can share something personal as you read through those. And go and share it today with with somebody you trust, somebody you love, someone who loves you, uh, someone who you know isn't going to judge you or you won't feel awkward around. If, If you don't have anybody like that, tell it to your cat or your dog. I don't care. Just practice speaking it with your mouth. It's muscle memory to attain the good news of Jesus Christ. And then as we go through this series, we're gonna learn how we can share with people. You can do this, right? The Holy Spirit is there to help you every single step of the way. And now we're gonna sing a song. We sing it all the time, but the reason we love it is because it's a love God, love people song. It says that Jesus is worthy of all our praise, that he is holy, There's no one like him. But then it says, Lord, lead me in your love to those around me. That's the love people part. Lead me in your love to those around me. That's what our prayer is for the start of this series today. So church, let's sing that together. Will you stand up and join us as we sing? Oh, that show me who you are, fill me with your love, lead me to those around me. That's awesome. So we're going to continue our worship today uh, out in the amphitheater because five people, I think at least five, I don't know if there are more, are going public with their faith in baptism. That's sharing faith right there, saying, I love Jesus. I want everyone to know I'm being baptized. So grab something to eat or drink, head out to the amphitheater. Now, maybe that's you. Maybe you've never shared your faith in that way through baptism. You can do that today. We'll do them after second service as well. Stop by Info Central and be like, I want to be baptized because I want to go public with my faith in Jesus Christ. You can do that. We also have a prayer team that is down here. Man, if God has laid somebody on your heart, to share the good news of the gospel with or it never occurred to you to share with them or somebody's walking through something that's hurting and you want to pray uh, with someone through that, they would love to pray with you. So you just come on down front and pray with somebody from our prayer team or have them help you pray for the heart, to have a heart for people's spiritual uh, eternity, right? We can do that. 
But church, we need to share. We're so excited about this series to get motivated, to ask the Holy Spirit's help to share. Will you pray with me? Our Father in heaven, God, we desperately want your heart for people. It's easy for us to get distracted and just hear the anger and the shouting that comes from our world and think that we're against people. But Father, we know that you're for people. We want to be for people. We want to be for the people that you've put in our lives. God, we would pray through the power of your Holy Spirit. God, bring the people in our lives to mind that need to hear the good news about who you are and what you've done through your son, Jesus Christ. God, will you give us that burden for people's eternities? And then, Father, we would also ask for those of us who are anxious, who have never done this before, God, we need your help. Would you give us the words to say? Would you point us to your word to help us to learn? God, would you, would you help us with just boldness to speak out, to see the opportunities around us, that we would open our mouths and share the good news about who you are and what you've done? And Father, we pray for those getting baptized right now. Father, that you would just ignite that spark of faith that you've placed inside of them, that they would live boldly, publicly for you for all eternity. Father, be with us this week in all that we do and say in all of our interactions. We dedicate them all to you as worship of you. And we pray it all in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Church, we'll see you next week. Go see him get baptized.